opinions. Everybody's got one. You know the rest. The trick is finding one that's actually backed up by expert analysis and accurate information. The word is trust. And we've got plenty of it to go around. Get the winning edge. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. When the sports are this good, and there are so many of the sports, you know we are going to get after it here on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM Channel 159, the new home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM and all across the Sports Grid Network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens, who will be with you here until noon Eastern time on this Wednesday in early November. We will talk everything that you need to know. Early lines of the National Football League at the midway point of this NFL season and some news and notes from a lot around the league to keep you updated with everything that is on the horizon in the NFL. Also, college basketball underway last night. College football, another rendition of the CFP rankings. Our full reaction to that later on in this hour and some NBA talk as well throughout these three hours to make you a better sports, better and more profitable while educating you all at the same time. A great guest list for you on this Wednesday here on TMA, and it starts in this first hour. From 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern, I am joined by Joe Ranieri. You can catch him all across the grid. We work together not just on these Wednesdays for the first hour of this program, but also on Saturday afternoons on in-game live, pretty much giving you a red zone experience for college football. So, Joe Ranieri, a pleasure to have you on the program once again on this Wednesday. Pleasure to be here, and I am absolutely exhausted uh unbelievable there trying to last night college basketball even the, the maxion three maxion games oh. thank goodness it was a light card in the nba ben uh otherwise i probably would have not gone to sleep here today so uh there's uh, there's always that and it was a profitable night last night uh certainly if you looked at maybe some of the unders in college basketball and some of those uh those big underdogs cashed pretty well last night yeah, Joe, no rest for the weary here as we add college hoops into the mix. And all across the country, across the entire college basketball landscape, it got underway last night. The 2021-22 season is officially off and running, and it tipped here in Madison Square Garden, right behind us here in New York City in a huge way last night. The Champions Classic and a couple of marquee teams in some prime-time matchups. The night cap last night, Duke taking care of Kentucky in a battle of the Blue Bloods, maybe two of the bluest bloods in all of college basketball. Duke winning last night, 79-71 at the Garden, at the Mecca, to kick off the farewell tour of Coach Mike Krzyzewski. Coach K in his final season at the helm of this Duke men's basketball program, and they start off a perfect 1-0. Duke covering a two-and-a-half-point spread against the Cats. And, Joe, you mentioned some of the unders across college basketball. Well, if your focus was the Champions Classic in those marquee matchups, you should have taken some overs, both games hitting to the over, including Duke and Kentucky last night. Yeah, both favorites also uh, hitting to the over there. So certainly when it comes to the Blue Bloods, you got to treat them a little bit differently and look at them a little bit differently than you do, uh, say, I don't know, Abilene Christian. Keep in mind, 353 D1 college basketball teams uh, to break down. They are not all approached like you approach Kentucky and Duke and Kansas and Michigan State. But uh, I think uh, it's also important, Ben, to remind folks, you cannot overreact to anything that you saw over the last 24 hours or that you're going to see in the next 24 hours. That's pretty important mm. to remember. 
Yeah, absolutely so. We are very early on here in the college basketball season. And unlike college football, not every game means all that much. There's about 30 or 32 in the regular season. So plenty of time to figure things out even after opening night. You make your adjustments and you go on from there. As we welcome in our Sports Grid radio audience here to the opening hour, talking about the opening night of college basketball here on the morning after on this Wednesday. You are listening on Sirius XM channel 159, the mightier 1090 out on the West Coast. It's Ben Stevens and Joe Ranieri here with you for this first hour. I will then take you until noon Eastern time. So Duke, a big eight-point win yesterday, 79-71 over Kentucky. A name to know in college hoops this Mm. season, folks. Paolo Boncaro, the stud freshman for the Blue Devils, 22 points in his collegiate debut last night, adding on seven rebounds. And then Trevor Keels for the Duke Blue Devils, a game-high 25 points. Paolo Bancaro was 10-1 to 1 yesterday to be the Wooden Award winner as the National Player of the Year. A great start for the very talented freshman for Coach K and the rest of that Duke basketball team. Also, the opening game of the Champions Classic Joe last night at the Garden, at the Mecca, Kansas looking like a very formidable side. Maybe it was the fact, Joe, they stayed here at the Renaissance Hotel in the Versa Restaurant where our studio is housed. Maybe we gave them some good tidings here from the morning after. But Kansas, a big win last night over Michigan State, winning 87-74, to covering as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. And again, that total of 140 and a hook going way over, over in the opening night on college basketball season. Yeah, it's it's so unique this year, too, guys. It is vitally important with the new transfer protocols in college basketball to understand that this uh, this last offseason with a lot of transfers, when you when you take the leading score in the Pac-12 named Remy Martin and you drop them into Lawrence, Kansas, uh, you probably need to know that ahead of time here, guys, because that's happened a lot in a lot of the top 25, top 50 programs. A lot of transferring, a lot easier than it was 10 years ago. So uh, keep an eye on it. But Kansas and Duke, they have shown you they are for real. Kentucky and uh, Michigan State got a little bit of work to do here, but I think they'll be fine when it's all said and done. Yeah, absolutely. Plenty of time to figure it out as we go all the way through March and into early April. KU, by the way, plus 175 to win the Big 12, a conference they have dominated. NFL news and notes at the midweek point, at the midway point of the NFL season. That's next here on The Grid. This is the Technology Minute with George Capalbo. A private ride to space. It's all fun and games if you're William Shatner. In an instant, you go, whoa. Otherwise, lately, space tourism is having a few technical problems. SpaceX Crew Dragon? Stinky. Leaky Plumbing? Oh. Richard Branson's Virgin Galactic? Grounded by the FAA for airspace violations. And unless you're comped like Shatner for your ride, so weird. your one-hour flight? Really expensive! Now there's an alternative. Worldview and Space Perspective are offering up to 12-hour leisurely balloon flights 100,000 feet up to the top of the stratosphere with gourmet meals in the world's highest rooftop bar with separate plumbing. Follow me at Chicapelbo on Twitter and stay tuned to The Technology Minute for more cool stuff like this.
Winning doesn't just happen. It takes a plan, a strategy, all based on expert analysis and trusted information. That's what you get right here. The Winning Edge. We're not just doing this because we're nice guys. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Morning after on this Wednesday, right here on the grid, rolls on. Sirius XM Channel 159, all across the Sports Grid Network. I'm Ben Stevens, alongside Joe Ranieri for this opening hour of the morning after on a Wednesday, the midweek point of this work week, the midway point of the NFL season. Nine weeks in the books in this regular season, nine weeks more to go. An 18-week regular season in the NFL this year, the longest we have ever seen where each and every team, all 32 NFL organizations, will play 17 regular season games. And Joe, even at this point, we got some moving and shaking in the waiver wire and free agency because one of the biggest free agents we have seen halfway through a season Odell Beckham Jr. clearing waivers yesterday in the NFL. He is now officially a free agent. Free OBJ? Well, OBJ is now free. And there was some speculation and reports yesterday that Odell Beckham himself wants to go to Green Bay. He wants to be a Packer playing alongside Devontae Adams and having Aaron Rodgers hopefully throw him the football. So, Joe, I think it's important right now to look at where Green Bay is in the landscape of the NFC because the Packers have been off to a great start this year. They are 7-2 and two straight up, 8-1 and one against the spread, the best ATS mark in all of the NFL. And you look at their team win total right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook, 12.5. Yes, the under has some heavy juice here, but that's the third best live team win total on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Then you look at where they are to win their own division in the NFC North. Heavy, heavy odds on favorites at minus 1,400. And then they are there at plus 500 to win the NFC Conference Championship. Tied for the third shortest odds right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. So, Joe, if it is true, and Odell Beckham Jr. does want to join the Packers, and Green Bay reiterates that interest in OBJ, how much do you think Odell can help out Green Bay in that offensive attack? Well, I think it's there's nobody else. I mean, let's let's take Green Bay out of the picture here right now. Where is he going to go? The Saints, who could use wide receiver help, but yet they don't have a quarterback. Um, Seattle, are are you really going to go to Seattle, a team that only has three wins at this particular point? Um, what's next? What's left? They ain't going to the Patriots and Belichick. We know that ain't happening. The Raiders are a hot mess. There, there's so many. He's got to, he's so unique from the perspective is at this point in his career, if you think OBJ is still a top five, top seven wide receiver, um, you've got to deal with that attitude and that personality coming into the locker room. And we know if he's not the number one guy, it's, yeah. it's going to get ugly in a hurry. I don't think Baltimore, you have a number one in Marquise Brown. He's played like a number one all year. You don't want to upset that. So I think the only team that makes sense where it has a quarterback that he respects and a team that has a really good shot at winning. I think it's Packers or bust for OBJ. I don't think he plays any place else. If he can't get to the Packers, I don't think he's going any place else just because his personality won't allow him to go to any place and play second fiddle behind Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and so on and so forth. So you need a quarterback. You need an established locker room, and he's got to be able to slide in and win games because that's what matters to him at this point in his career. 
And Joe, I think that's an important distinction as well. OBJ is off the waiver wire. He is a free agent, mm -hmm. which means not only should teams be interested in him, Odell himself has to be interested in going to those destinations. And he has stressed, at least through reports, that he wants to go to a contender. And you look at the Green Bay Packers, plus 500, not only to win the NFC Conference Championship, but also plus 500 in the NFC to finish with the best regular season record to make them the top seed in that conference green bay by the way minus 5,000 to make the nfc postseason right now tied for the best odds to do that with the tampa bay buccaneers so a team that obj could go to the green bay packers another team that has been rumored to have at least a little bit of interest in odell the seattle seahawks what's so interesting about both of those teams they play each other this upcoming sunday mm -hmm. at lambeau field right now the green bay packers a three and a half point home favorite over the Seattle Seahawks, the live over under total is 50. This line opened up in the Packers' favor at five and a half points. But Joe, there are some quarterback questions about this game because earlier this week, Russell Wilson's doctor that performed the hand surgery on him said that he was cleared and ready to return to the football field. And then, of course, on the other side, Aaron Rodgers could return out of COVID-19 protocols on Saturday, he was on the Pat McAfee show yesterday here that's a part of the FanDuel Sports Network and said that it is a likely chance that he plays, but there's still a small percentage that he does not. So some quarterback concerns around this game, but we've already seen some line movement. The over-under total is up by a hook. Could be both of the suitors for Odell Beckham Jr. So many intriguing storylines entering this matchup between the Seahawks and the Packers on Sunday afternoon. And it, you know what? It's all a waste because you and I both know he's going to end up in Tampa. Uh, no, I'm only kidding. <laughs> um, but listen, Seattle is interesting because they've got a pretty good one-two punch, don't they, with Metcalf and Lockett? Yeah. It, it's pretty good. Now, I know Pete Carroll, uh, at this particular point, they are going to do everything and anything in their power to put more weapons around Russell Wilson. I, and o obviously, Odell... He's going to have the respect for Russell Wilson. He's going to think that they have an opportunity to be able to rise up in the West. But the West is tough right now with Arizona. Everyone is chasing Arizona. You still got the Rams uh, out there, too, as well. So I don't know that the Seahawks, they might be too far behind the eight ball for Odell to be interested. And I'm telling you, it's got to be a very unique situation for him to agree to go to. He is not going to play third or fourth fiddle here to guys on a team that's mediocre at best. Unfortunately, a lot of these teams we're talking about, they're mediocre with not a whole lot of upside for Odell Beckham as far as winning goes. He wants a ring. He wants playoffs. He wants a Super Bowl. I don't know he's going to get that in Seattle. The Seahawks are a very interesting team to me given all that has been a part of their season so far. They are just three and five straight up. But they are five and three against the spread. They have covered in three straight each and every game that Geno Smith has started. Seattle right now plus 230 to make the NFC postseason. They have a lot of ground to make up in those NFC standings. But that battle for the seventh spot in the NFC right now, the third and final wild card spot, is wide open. And this two-point line movement we saw from an opener in Green Bay's favor of five and a half, now down to just three and a half, is a clear indication in my mind that Russell Wilson will be back on Sunday afternoon. And Russell Wilson, who had a 72% completion percentage, was averaging over 250 yards per game mm. through the air early on for Seattle. 
certainly makes them a more enticing team. As I mentioned, Green Bay, 8-1 and one against the spread, the best ATS record in all of the NFL. They are 3-0 and oh as a home favorite, as they will find themselves. 3-0 and oh ATS, I should clarify, as a home favorite, as they will find themselves on Sunday. Quickly here, Joe, another very intriguing game where we have some news to present as well. The Browns on the road this week in New England. The Patriots right now a one-and-a-half point favorite, the over-under total, 45 and a half we got some news yesterday that in that backfield for the browns some COVID 19 issues nick chubb mainly has been placed on the COVID 19 list he is not ruled out for this game as of yet because he is vaccinated and would need two negative tests prior to sunday's contest but the patriots opened up as a two and a half point favorite now just one and a half you've already seen a point of line movement here early in the week are the sharps liking the browns after an impressive performance over the Bengals a weekend ago well, listen, they, uh, kudos to the Browns for the way they came out and they played and they just uh, they put the smackdown on their Ohio rivals there in Cincinnati. So, But Cincinnati is Cincinnati. You are, on the other side, you're going to Foxborough. You're taking on a team that I think we can all agree every week seems to win or lose. Every week has gotten better and better and better, and it all starts with that rookie quarterback in Mac Jones and Belichick if you become one-dimensional and you need Baker Mayfield to beat you and his arm you're not going to beat anybody you're certainly not going to beat the Patriots on the road here so no Nick Chubb no Browns for me Browns and the Pats both AFC wildcard contenders Cleveland to make the playoffs minus 122 New England even money plus 100 both teams five and four straight up by the way more NFL news to know on the other side of the break right here on the morning app The Sports Grid Radio Network presents this date in sports history. Marvelous, Marvelous, Hagler. 1983, Marvelous Marvin Hagler retains his world middleweight boxing title with a 15-round unanimous decision over Roberto Duran. He wouldn't come at me the way how we planned, so I had to change up. That's what a mark of a good fighter, that you can still change up in the inside. A lot of fighters can't. They're throwing off stride. For Sports Grid Radio, I'm Mike Demurgis. When you need to know something, you trust someone who's been right on the money before. That's where we come in. That's what we do. But we just call it the winning edge to save time. You're listening to Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Back right here on the morning after on Sports Grid Sirius XM Channel 159. I'm your host, Ben Stevens, alongside Joe Ranieri for this opening hour of TMA on this Wednesday morning. And right now is a great time at the midweek point, at the midway point of the NFL season to get ahead of the line, including some very, very big spreads entering weekend number 10 of this NFL campaign. And Joe, we are seeing the Buffalo Bills as another Big, big favorite. Nearly two touchdowns as a favorite on the road against the New York Jets. It's almost like deja vu because last week, 
the Bills were a two-touchdown favorite on the road against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and we know how that game came to a conclusion. So the Bills right now laying 13.5 against the Jets, the over-under total 47.5. Joe, the Bills have not covered in three straight games. The last two games of that, they have been more than a two-touchdown favorite. So what do you make of the Bills laying nearly two touchdowns yet again in MetLife Stadium on Sunday? I just threw up a little in my mouth thinking about that <laughs> loss again for the Buffalo Bills and those people, those poor people who laid two touchdowns uh, and having to watch that game against Jacksonville. Also, total cure for insomnia. My word. Now, listen, the Jets did have a week to kind of lick their wounds and try to put it all back together. But then the question to me is, I know they have uh, they have White listed as the quarterback, but there is some rumors that maybe – um, Zach Wilson will be back. There's so many question marks still, even coming out of the bye, about this New York Jets team. It is hard uh, to look at it and say, and forget about last week what happened with Jacksonville. They're not going to have two of the all-time biggest upsets happen to the Buffalo Bills two weeks in a row. It's just not going to happen here. Uh, I think the Buffalo Bills, maybe the best thing that happened to them last week was losing that game against Jacksonville because maybe, just maybe, they got a little complacent with everyone telling them how great they are. But, uh, boy, oh, boy, Josh Allen, he turned into the rookie Josh Allen from a couple of years ago, turning the ball all over the place. Like, what happened here? I do think they get back to some basics here. I think they run the ball. I think what Indianapolis showed was that you – can run, believe it or not, on that front of the New York Jets. And if you have success running, that'll open things up in the passing game, too. So I think Buffalo gets back on track. Uh, I don't mind it. And for those that are feeling, I ain't betting Buffalo double digits uh, anymore. I ain't laying it. Yeah, you should lay it against this Jets team with question marks at the quarterback position. So, yeah, I'll take Buffalo. I'm not scared. I'm taking Buffalo. I'm laying to 13 and a half. A quarterback competition in the tri-state area between Mike White and Zach Wilson. Also a battle for New York's true football team. The Buffalo Bills play in the state of New York. The New York Jets, their home games in the state of New Jersey, where this game will be on Sunday afternoon. The Bills still 4-3-1 against the spread, covering by an average margin of 6.1 points per game. That's the second highest cover margin in all of the NFL. The Jets, two weekends ago, obviously pulled off the huge upset as a 10.5-point dog over the Cincinnati Bengals at home. They are 2-6 and six straight up, 2-6 and six against the spread. They have been an underdog in every game this year, and this will be their third straight game booked as a double digit underdog also one final thing to note that over under total right now 47 and a half has come down by a hook from an opener the jets have mm-hmm. played five straight overs five straight overs yeah. for the new york jets and every one of those last totals going way over this number of 47 and a half something to keep in mind buffalo the top scoring defense in the nfl but just something to handicap in your approach to this game between the jets and the Bills. So, Joe, we mentioned it. The team that knocked off Buffalo last week, not only covering but winning outright as a 14.5-point favorite at home, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who beat Buffalo last week in Jacksonville in Duval County by a final score of 9-6. to What is Jacksonville's reward? A tough AFC South divisional matchup against the Indianapolis Colts. An Indy at home on Sunday, a 10.5-point favorite. The over-under total is 47 in a hook. Joe, there has been no movement on this line whatsoever. So what's the approach for this game between the Jags and the Colts? 
Uh, here's what you do. You just take you take your pen, and on your sheet, you just put a line right through this game. Do not even go near it. How in the world did Jacksonville even win a game in which they averaged less than four yards of play is beyond me <laughs> against that top defense. But uh, the Colts right now, especially uh, you're going into uh, Indy, the Colts are putting it together. They are a team, I think, that uh, should be on a lot of people's radars. I think the number might even be a little shorty. I think it opened up with, what, 10, 10 and a half. Uh, that offense, listen, I think they did some great things defensively. They were home. It was fun. Uh, back was against the wall. But we are not going to get back-to-back again, like I told you with the uh, the Jets already had their upset, right, with Cincinnati. Well, Jacksonville's already had theirs with Buffalo. They are not going to go into Indy with that offense and run all over that defense, which has gotten better and better. So to me, uh, it's Indy or not in this one here. They might uh, score 35, even uh, close to 40 points by themselves in this game. So I would have no problem looking at the over as well. Joe, I think Indianapolis lost a little bit of luster in that overtime loss to the Tennessee Titans two Sundays ago. But let's not forget where this Indianapolis team is right now. I'm not sure they have a great shot of winning the AFC South outright. But I do believe in their fact of being a true AFC wildcard contender. And right now, plus 152 Mm -hmm. to make the postseason on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Indianapolis is just four and five straight up. But they are six and three against the spread. They have covered in four of their last five games, including as a 10.5-point favorite just this past week on a short week on Thursday night football against the New York Jets. So I still believe in the direction that Indianapolis is heading. Jacksonville, meanwhile, winless against the number, winless in two games in divisional matchups so far this year, not covering by an average margin of 16.5 in those two games against the AFC South. And then one final point about this over-under total, 47.5. Indianapolis, the highest over-percentage In the NFL, 66.7% of their games so far this year hitting to the over. So, Joe, there are three matchups right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook that feature a double-digit spread. Another 10.5-point home favorite this weekend, the Arizona Cardinals, hosting the Carolina Panthers, who most likely will be without Sam Darnold at the quarterback position. I'm not sure if that's a plus or a minus for Carolina. I'll let you determine that one. But the Cardinals, a 10.5-point favorite right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook. Some movement early this morning from this line that was at 10. It opened at 10. It is now 10.5 in favor of Arizona. That over-under total, 44.5. Now down to 44 for this matchup on Sunday in the desert. Joe, I'm not touching Carolina. Are you? Oh, God. Oh, please. There's... there's... (laughs) A million uh, things that uh, on the card here, especially now this time of year. There's a lot of different games, a lot of places you can look to get an edge. This is not one of them, uh, guys. You can't look at the Carolina Panthers in any way, shape, or form. And it's hard to believe if you think about this, Ben. What was it, week three, week four? If this game would have happened and we turned oh. the clock back, we'd have the battle of the unbeatens, and we'd be having a totally different conversation about the Carolina Panthers. But what a difference six weeks makes here because it has been all downhill so pj walker i don't even know if kingsbury's going to are you going to push murray to play i mean look at what the job uh that colt mccoy did against a 49ers defense but i will caution you the carolina defense is tenfold better than what you got from the 49ers in this spot here so i think there is a, it's too many question marks with between Kyler Murray and McCoy. Do you risk it against this Carolina team? Do you give them an extra week's rest? I mean, if it ain't broke, 
don't fix it. Colt McCoy certainly didn't have to do a lot. He was very, very good. Got big passes, big first downs when he needed it. Can you beat Carolina without Kyler Murray? I believe so at home. So uh, whether Kyler Murray goes or doesn't go, I think Arizona wins this game. Uh, and I would look at the under, certainly, if uh, if Colt McCoy is going and Kyler Murray is sitting. Carolina has tied for the second highest under percentage in the NFL this year, Joe. So that's pretty founded. 77.3% of their games hitting to the other one. Three teams across the league that have played seven of their nine games to the under this far. Colt McCoy? Don't care, baby. Colt McCoy was dealing and wheeling last week for the Arizona Cardinals. 22 of 26, 249 yards and a touchdown. Also, James Conner, a huge Sunday against San Francisco. 173 total yards. Three total touchdowns. I feel like Colt McCoy could be a detective in any movie, and that movie would be five minutes because Colt McCoy would figure out the answer in that lickety split. Colt McCoy is that dude making his case for maybe the best backup quarterback in the NFL. So even with Colt McCoy, even at a double-digit favorite spread, I'm not so sure I'm not taking Arizona here because you mentioned it, Joe. Mm -hmm. Carolina has not covered in five of their last six games. The only time they covered, their only win in their last six games – against the Atlanta Falcons. Nothing that I am overly impressed by right now. Meanwhile, Arizona mm-hmm. still 8-1 and one straight up this year, 7-2 and two against the spread, covering by an average margin of over 10 points per game. That is the highest cover percentage and the highest cover margin in all of the NFL. So even with Colt McCoy, I might be laying the points mm-hmm. with Arizona. We'll see how juicy I'm feeling here coming up <laughs> a little bit later this week. But this is a great spot, in my opinion, for the Arizona Cardinals who have one other game as a double-digit favorite so far this year, 19-and-a-half against the Houston Texans. They covered that number. This is the first double-digit spread for the Carolina Panthers so far this year. So, Joe, we just went through it. Three games with a 10-and-a-half point spread or higher right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The Bills, the biggest favorite at 13-and-a-half on the road this week against the New York Jets. Also, three other games with a nine-point spread or higher. So, some big favorites Mm -hmm. now at the halfway point of this NFL season. All right, we are going to get to it on the other side of the break. The second rendition of the college football playoff rankings were released last night. And boy, oh boy, do we have some thoughts and reactions here on the morning after. Stay with us right here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, channel 159, the new home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM, alongside Joe Ranieri for this opening hour of TMA on this Wednesday. I'm Ben Stevens. Joe and I host Saturday in-game live together right here on the grid, 2 to 6 p.m. Eastern, every Saturday in the fall, which means we talk college football for four hours together each and every week. So what's a couple more minutes here as we react to the second iteration of the college football playoff rankings released by the selection committee last night. And Joe, I was just telling you, I was sitting there for the most part of that condensed selection show or ranking show, however you want to think about it. And I was okay with what I was seeing. I wasn't nearly as flustered and mad 
as I was a week ago. And then six and seven came up as it was released to us, the viewing public on ESPN last night. So let's go through the top seven because Georgia still at the top. That checks out. Alabama number two, sure. Nobody was going to knock off the tide from having that second spot this week. Oregon moves up a spot to number three ahead of Ohio State at number four because of a presumed head-to-head advantage that Oregon has with a win over Ohio State on the road in the second week of the year. Cool. Cincinnati up a spot. Good for the Bearcats, despite not covering in three straight games. And then the college football playoff selection committee put Michigan number six in the country ahead of Michigan State at number seven. If you are as blown away by that as I am, you might be thinking to yourself, hey, Ben, Joe, weren't you guys talking about a Michigan State-Michigan game in East Lansing two weeks ago that Michigan State was down Mm -hmm. by 16 in the second half and then the Spartans came back to win? And not only did you give people a plus 800 Moneyline winner, but Michigan State won that football game against Michigan? Yeah, you're right. That did happen, at least to us, but it didn't happen to the College Football Playoff Selection Committee because I guess a head-to-head doesn't mean the same for Oregon and Ohio State as it does for Michigan and Michigan State. That happened nine days ago. So, Joe, Mm. I need to let my blood pressure calm down a little bit. You take it from here. So there's a a couple of questions here, and all that did last night was reiterate to me that this entire dog and pony show with uh, with this Tuesday show is simply about getting guys like us to yell and scream and, and you know, point our finger and be like, you guys suck. You don't know what you're talking about, what's going on. And the reality is they know it. They do suck. They have no idea what they're doing. They certainly have no idea what they're doing with Cincinnati. That was abundantly clear that you opened them up at number six. The worst game that they have had thus far this year was against Tulsa, in which they needed not one but two goal line stands in order to win somehow they get rewarded by getting pushed up a spot to the number five. They, everyone was screaming and yelling about Cincinnati last week. Now they play one of the worst games of the year. They were lucky to get away with it. And now all of a sudden, oh, wow, you're number five. So they have no idea what we're, they're doing with Cincinnati. And they just like to get people talking about it. Michigan, we said it last week, the way that they opened up the rankings, and where Michigan was placed, and we had said, mm-hmm. boy, oh, boy, it certainly seems like they are setting Michigan up, given what we know with the schedules coming up, with they've got to play Ohio State, right? So got Penn State. They got a lot of big games in front of them. And now that Michigan State has lost, the committee is giving Michigan and Harbaugh every opportunity to get them right back to where they should have been, maybe even to start there in the top four. Uh, They want a Michigan team in a playoff situation here. So that's where they've positioned them. And Michigan State gave them everything they needed uh, in order by losing to Purdue. And not just losing, getting torched in the passing game by Purdue. And Michigan State is no surprise. Listen, they have one of the worst pass defenses in the country. Michigan, for some of their faults, has been a darn consistent football team all year. But again... They, in many aspects, they control what's going to happen with the schedule and the games that Michigan has coming up here. So I think the committee is just kind of jockeying for position here in order to give the teams that they ultimately want the opportunity to follow through and get it done. If Alabama loses to Auburn but wins 
against uh, Georgia is is a two loss team somewhere in there. And what happens, by the way? And I'll throw this to you. What happens if Wisconsin cleans the board, runs right through, gets a shot at a Big Ten, and Wisconsin is your Big Ten champion? What happens then? A three-loss Wisconsin team, even as a conference champion, Joe, would have a great spot in the Rose Bowl, but they cannot make the college football playoff. I am sorry. And, Joe, maybe you're right. Maybe the selection committee is just doing this on a week-to-week basis to make us a little bit angry and to have guys like us and people on these shows point their fingers Mm -hmm. and yell and get mad and raise their voices. Well, then they've got me hook, line, and sinker. But, Joe, what I will say right here is if we are going to do the rankings on a weekly basis, then they should have some credence to them. They should matter. I have urged the committee to make these rankings matter, but I'm at the point where I don't believe they do. So maybe let's do what we do for NCAA March Madness and just do a selection Sunday and have this all happen after conference championship weekend, the first weekend in December. Give us the top four, and we'll leave it at that. Because right now, there is absolutely no consistency, and that is what is so frustrating about the CFP polls that are released on a weekly basis. If we are going to do it on a weekly basis, then they must matter, and there must be some consistent thought process and formula because right now you hear something completely different on a weekly basis. And if they are going to try to make these rankings matter, then we need to know what that thought process is because then it invalidates the process and it makes whatever they say that first weekend in December at the ultimate poll be anything they want it to be. It oftentimes Mm -hmm. feels like they are pulling things and justifications out of thin air. And Joe, we're going to look at the odds right now. And that's what we do here on the morning after on SportsGrid. We talk about odds. Odds are a predictive model. Odds tell you what the future looks like and how realistic an outcome it is. But a poll, a ranking system, is based on results and outcomes that have actually already happened on the football field. Because right now, it seems that a quality of a loss is more important than a win. And that should never, never be the case in college football. My rant is done. My neck veins have popped. Committee, Gary Barta, you got me right where you want. So, Joe, let's correlate it here as we do on the morning after to those college football playoff national championship odds. Honestly, not much changed last night based on the second rendition of this CFP poll. Georgia is still the odds-on favorite at minus 125 to win the national championship. Alabama, Ohio State tied for the second shortest odds at plus 450. Oklahoma, despite the committee absolutely hating the Sooners and ranking them eighth, the fourth shortest odds at 14 to one. Oregon, 30 to one as they move up to number three in the country. Michigan, 80 to one. So yes, Michigan has the sixth shortest odds. But Michigan lost to Michigan State in a head-to-head matchup that actually already happened. And if you're going to rank Oregon ahead of Ohio State at number three and number four, number six and number seven, just a spot down the pole needs to be the exact same. So not much movement in this odds market again, Joe. But the odds are predictive. The poll is based on what we have already seen, in my humble opinion. Yeah, it's um, obviously nobody. I mean, Georgia, we're at the point, I think, in the season, right, where even if Georgia loses to Alabama, let's say, in the uh, uh, in the SEC uh, championship, they're still in. I mean, there is absolutely no way that we're going to be having any sort of scenario right now in which Georgia is not there. The problem is, what are the numbers? Nobody's going to lay 125 in order at this point with this Georgia team. That time has come, and it is gone. Uh, I do think the Alabama scenario is interesting. I'm thinking maybe 
a rollover situation if you are going to back Alabama at this point. You're not going to want to lay the minus 450, right? Maybe you just, you kind of, you bet them, you take that winnings, and then you roll it over certainly after uh, as they're heading in not only this week with Auburn, but obviously uh, when they've got Georgia in the championship game. If they lose Auburn, I still don't think Alabama's out of it crazy enough there. However, if they do beat Auburn and then they do lose to Georgia, they're still in. I mean, they're still we're still going to be looking at a uh, at a two-loss Alabama in the top four. I don't think there's any way around it. My curiosity is what happens to Oklahoma. What is Oklahoma yeah. going to do? And right now at fourteen to one, uh, it seems they have you know they were off, so they seem to be the forgotten one here. But at fourteen to one right now, they do control their own destiny. They run the table. They're going to be in, and if that happens. What is the number going to be in a couple of weeks here, Ben? So there might be some value hopping on uh, Oklahoma to get the job done here uh, and do it sooner rather than later. And that would be a very interesting case, Joe, because that would open up number two in the country because if Alabama makes a move in the SEC championship game, they are going to be number three. Does Ohio State move to two? Is Oklahoma just slotted into that four spot in a bad game against Georgia? But then where is Georgia if they lose in the SEC championship game? Again, a lot of things can happen. Conference championship weekend, and maybe we just wait for that to happen if the only poll that matters is that final poll of the year, the first weekend mm -hmm. in December. But I digress. The only movement we really did see, Joe, and I found this a little bit interesting, was in the make college football playoff market on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Ooh. Georgia is minus 2,400 to make the playoff. Ohio oh. State now has the second best odds at minus 182. Oklahoma, like you mentioned, minus 174. A clear indication from the FanDuel Sportsbook that although the committee hates OU and has put them at eighth despite being a 9-0 perfect record, although 4-5 and five against the spread, everything is out ahead of Oklahoma. Alabama was minus 164 to make the playoff last week after the first CFP poll was released. Alabama now, despite holding on to that second spot in the country, is minus 112. It's even to make and it's even to miss, both having juice of minus 112 for Alabama in the college football playoff. Because, Joe, as we saw last week, the tie didn't come close to covering a 28-and-a-half-point mm -hmm. spread against LSU, which I think opens the door, at least in the mind, that Alabama could yep. lose to Auburn in the Iron Bowl and not have an opportunity to knock off Georgia. If you want value on Alabama, by the way, I would grab the plus 170 to win the SEC championship right now because that's a one-game mm. scenario against Georgia, and that's the only way in my mind as of right now, and I could be shocked by the committee as I have been time and again, that Alabama would make mm -hmm. the college football playoff knocking off Georgia in that SEC championship game. Quickly here, I want to point out this point. We mentioned Oklahoma controlling their own destiny, minus 174 to make the college football playoff. Oklahoma is minus 300 to win the Big 12. That is tied for the best odds to win any conference in America mm -hmm. right now with Ohio State who is minus 300 to win the Big Ten Championship. So again, the Buckeyes did not cover last week against Nebraska, but they did move up into the top four in the latest CFP poll, and they have very, very strong odds as the heavy odds-on favorites to win the Big Ten. Maybe Wisconsin there, Joe, at plus 600, has mm -hmm. a shot of knocking off the Buckeyes. Yeah, that Wisconsin team right now, um, when they put Allen uh, at running back there, they've kind of mixed it up here a little bit. They are a different team. What they, They've they won five in a row, and I don't want to play Wisconsin. 
I, I, nobody want, nobody should want to play Wisconsin right now. They're looking a lot more like the Wisconsin uh, we have known than anything else. But uh, I, I do think Wisconsin has the ability of throwing a wrench in everything, uh, total chaos. Mm. And you know we love chaos, right? Um, the, the next couple of weeks are going to be real, real interesting. And it starts with that Auburn-Alabama game. What happens if Auburn wins? And we're not talking about Alabama. Oh, boy. It's going to get so interesting, I Ben. Can't wait to do this with you next Wednesday as we react even more and get even more mad on a weekly basis. We end out our number one up next here on The Grid. Sports professor Rick Haro inside the $1.3 trillion business of sports with your daily numbers game. When FanDuel and DraftKings went head-to-head -head with commercials on a daily basis, competition is still there. The commercials aren't as intense. But FanDuel, by the way, sponsoring the NBA Bet Studio Show on Monday nights, DraftKings sponsoring the NBA Bet Stream, maybe the first time we can see both of those companies coming together to sponsor independent parts of sports properties within the same sport. It's leading to other alliances and with other companies like BetMGM and FoxBet out there, it may be time for some of these companies not to consolidate their assets, but to consolidate their marketing reach in certain opportunities. We know it's big, it's getting better, and it's time for ongoing creativity. Sports professor Rick Haro, Daily Numbers Game. You're listening to the voice of authority. You're listening to credibility. You're listening to expert analysis on daily sporting events. You're listening to the one place where you can get valuable information on gaming. Odds. You're listening to Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Rounding out our first hour together here on the morning after on this Wednesday, Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the Sports Grid Network. Joe Ranieri has joined us for this first hour on this Wednesday morning, and I'm Ben Stevens. Before we say goodbye to Joe, we get his thoughts on your thoughts. It's time to fade the public. All right, Joe, with a night so monumental in the sports calendar last night on a Tuesday, as we are in the thick of it now with college basketball into the fold, college football going on with the ranking show an evening ago, CBB opening night, NBA action, only three games. I wanted to find out what were you focusing on most? Which sport did you pay the most attention to last night on your Tuesday evening? And thankfully... College basketball is the leading answer right now at SportsGrid TV on Twitter. You can still vote in this Fade the Public poll. 57% nearly, Joe, of the public has voted, saying their biggest focus last night was college basketball. What about you, Joe Ranieri? Are you fading the public? Very sneaky here, Ben, you and, you and Jack and company, because it's a trick question, guys, because the answer is and always will be, the sport I paid attention to was the sport I had the most money invested in. That's the answer. 
And if it happens to be college basketball, then absolutely correct. But the sport that you're going to pay attention to the most is the one in which you have the most money riding. Uh, and that will be true always. But with 125 some odd teams in action last night, yes, absolutely. I think college basketball was uh, should be number one. I agree with the public. It's great to have college hoops back. And it's just getting started now, Ben. Should be an awful lot of fun tonight, tomorrow, the next. Keep going on. College basketball is back, my friend. Can't wait. It'll be March before we know it. All the way up until March and then into early April for the Final Four. Joe Ranieri, all across the grid is where you can find them. And then we also work together on Saturday, 2 to 6 p.m. Eastern for in-game live. Joe, as always, thank you very much for your time. I'll talk to you Saturday, my friend. More in the morning after. Up next.